You're listening to the weekly podcast of Launch Church of Jacksonville, Florida. We pray you enjoy today's message. Amen. You guys don't even know there's a weight that has been lifted off of me. That thing was on me since last night. You don't even understand. It, it, it changed the whole mood in our bedroom because I saw it and I was looking at it. And even when I woke up this morning, I was like, you're real quiet. What's going on? You normally talk it. You're not talking. You're not saying it. I'm just looking. I got here and when I left out, I, I came in. I did what I had to do in here and, and left out. She said, Vonda, say, where you going? I said, I got to go. Get, I got to go pray. I got to get to pray. Y'all, the weight is gone. The weight is gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is gone in Jesus' name. All right, let's go. John 17, starting at verse 20. We're going to be talking about the united front. John 17, starting at verse 20. You want to read it for us? Sure. It says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for first, all... First foremost, before you start, go, go any further. I want, for those who are just looking on their phone and may not have a red letter edition, this is Jesus' prayer. This is actually Jesus' prayer. A lot of time we hear uh, the Lord's prayer as our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we say that's Jesus' prayer. That's really not Jesus' pray prayer. That is Jesus teaching us how to pray. But this is actually Jesus' prayer before he left earth. Go ahead. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all, the, for all who will ever believe in me. Okay, so stop right there. He says... Jesus prayers now that he is praying for his disciples and guess who else? All whosoever will believe in me. So all that are to come. So right now he's, he's in present day praying for Peter, James, and John. But at the same time, he's praying for Mona, Monet. He's praying for Joshua, for Lisa, Felicia, Anna. He's praying for Marge. He's praying for Ernest. He's praying for Lauren. He's praying for Vonda. He's praying for everybody online. He's praying for Marcel. He's praying for everybody. Praise God. Alice, everybody who's been through these doors, he is praying for them right now. Now let's see what he prays. That they all may be one as thou father art in me. So he prays that all of us will be one as the father and him are one. Keep going. And I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, stop right there, because that's huge. There's a reason or there's a purpose to why Jesus is praying let them be one as me and the father are one and let them be one in us talking about in the father and in Jesus. Why? Because he said, when they are one, the world will believe that God has sent them. Read it one more time so we can see it. I started reading it out of the NLT. I'm changing back to King James version. Okay. Neither, I'm sorry, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe thou art has sent me. So here it is again. Jesus' prayer is we become one so the world knows that God sent him. Think about how important that is, what he just said. And let's dissect it for a minute. He says, I'm going to pray that those who are here now and those that are to come to the end of time, 
that they operate in oneness. And we're going to define what this word one is because it's, it's actually in proper English when you go look it up in the Greek and in the Hebrew. You wouldn't say one like this, but the way Jesus is saying one, he is praying that they become one so that the world can see or believe that God sent him. So now the opposite is true. When we are divided, the world does not believe that God sent Jesus. Watch this. The world now downplays Jesus and from being the son of God to just a good prophet. He was just a prophet that worked, walked the earth. And the reason why we hear that today is because we are so divided amongst each other. We're so separated amongst each other that it's impossible for the world to believe that two people that are proclaiming the name of Jesus can't even get along. So God couldn't have sent him because if two people are proclaiming the same name, it should be that they agree and they get along. But because they can't get along, because they're not getting along, because they have this disagreement, I can't believe that the person you serving is the one true God and that Jesus is the Messiah. And I can't believe God sent him as the Messiah because y'all can't even get along. There's no unity. You're doing whatever you want to do. Y'all arguing and fussing and bickering. But Jesus says, I, my prayer is, before I leave this earth, the prayer that I am going to pray to the Father and pray that it comes to pass and leave here for my people is that they are one. So when they are seen as one, the world can believe that God sent me. Why is that? When the world sees that two people are at odds with each other and they are mad with each other and fighting each other, and yet they can come and talk to one another like sensible adults and come to an agreement and make up and love each other, the world has to say, only God can do that. Right. And then that's when you turn around and say, because of Jesus, I can love on my brother. Because of Jesus, I can love on my sister. Because of Jesus, I can forgive my mother. Because of Jesus, I can forgive my father. I can forgive my, my siblings. I can forgive this person that, work, that I work with. I can forgive my brother or sister in Christ. I can forgive the pastor that hurt me. I can forgive the church that hurt me. I can forgive the prophet that hurt me, the evangelist that hurt me, the apostle that hurt me, the teacher that hurt me. I can forgive give that person that hurt me because of Jesus. And when the world sees that, they have no choice but to say, God sent Jesus and Jesus is the Messiah. Hallelujah. Amen. So our unity is the only thing that Jesus says will cause the world to believe that God sent him. Think about that. When I, get in, when I get in situations, you guys, I can't lie to you. The first thing that comes to my mind is this verse. It's the most important verse to me in the Bible. Forget about the blessings. Forget about what God has called me to be. Forget about what he wants me to have. Forget about this thing called kingdom. Bible tells me that Jesus is one request of us. He doesn't put much on us. He tells us we can throw out to, to lay down our cross and pick up his because his kids cross is light and his burdens are easy. He tells us that we can come to him and ask for forgiveness. He'll forgive us. He tells us we can use his name when we pray and it'll, it'll produce all this power to us and give us all this power and authority. Jesus tells us everything. He never really requires much of us. But the one thing he did require is that we operate in unity. Man. Amen. <laughs> we're not we shouldn't be 
We're not a reality show where we're, we're living to fight one another. Amen. Come on. Some of us are just, we dramified out. We got so much drama, we find something wrong in everything. And Jesus said, my one request of my children, my sheep, is that they are one, or the word one there means heist. They are heist so that the world can believe that God sent me. That's his one request, man. So whenever somebody does something wrong to me, the first thing I do is say, God, you want me to be one with this person. Amen. And that's not what the world teaches. We were actually uh, in a, a deep conversation in Philadelphia, and um, we were talking about with some, with some good friends of ours. I don't know if you were a part of that, but it was uh, Apostle Samuel. You guys will meet him too. He's coming. He's, he's fired up. Apostle Samuel and his wife, um, they are just, they're, they're awesome individuals. But we were talking about how the world has taught us, this system has taught us behaviors that are completely contrary to the word of God. Oh, yeah. And the, the real fight is ignoring the behaviors that the world has taught us and actually accepting what God tells us to do. And we're going to address some of these, especially one, forgive, and, and, but don't forget. We're going to address these things today, uh, not today, but over the next couple of weeks. But it was just amazing that we have taken, because we've been trained up in a world society, we have taken what the world has given us and said, this is the authority, this is the law, and it goes completely against what the Bible teaches, and it's one reason why you see all these denominations, why you have to have a question, ask a question, what denomination is your church before I go to this church? And when in reality, God wants us all to be one. Amen. And the reason why, the reason why we have all these denominations, and no disrespect for those who might watch in the, in the future, the reason why we have all these denominations is because our inability to be one and learn how to fix problems and stay together. That's why we have Catholic. At one point, we were all Catholic. That was Catholic was Christianity. If you go back and study it, it wasn't a separation between a Catholic and, and Christianity. That's how you were called. If you were a Christian, you were Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then somebody with a great idea fought, saw an opportunity to make money off of people and said, we can offer purgatory and we can offer relics and all this other stuff. And somebody addressed the man who thought, who, who thought he can make money off of people that were hurting and said, that's not the way to do it. And because that man refused to hear wisdom and refused to come into unity with his brother, it caused his brother to break off and start Christianity. And then something happened with that. And we had we had a, a church of God come in. And then a, a fight happened between church of God and two people in church of God. And then another man stepped out and opened up church of God in Christ. And we had Methodists. And then a fight happened between the two, two men in the Methodist church and they couldn't stay in unity. And then they broke off and somebody started AME. Amen. Yep. And today we are in a world full of churches that are not unified. <laughs> I know I'm preaching real good, praise God. 
But let's let's take it out of the church and let's look at it right in the home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mom and dad didn't do what they were supposed to do or what I felt they were supposed to do. So when I broke off and I started my family, I said, I'm gonna raise my family completely separate. And because, but when I needed wisdom, I didn't go back to mom and dad. And as a result, I put no unity between, and now God is nowhere in that relationship. Listen, go. it's because we don't continue I'll to, so they can hear you. we don't continue to invite God in our situation. Hmm. We stay so isolated. We, we begin to believe that we know better, we think better, we're going to do better. But God doesn't show up in confusion or strife or division. He doesn't show up in any of that. He shows up in love. He shows up in us caring for one another. You know what I mean? So we've got to get to a place where we, if we're having a disagreement, okay, and we want God to show up. God is the peacemaker. He's coming with peace. So one of us has got to say, okay, I'm going to be the one that's bringing peace. And if it means me backing up and, you know, dropping my whole what I believe so that we can be in peace, that's what God says is more important. It's not important about who wins, if he's winning or if I'm winning. And we're one. We're one. So we have to act like that in the body of Christ with our brothers and our sisters. We have to act like that. We do. And it gets difficult because we have again we put expectations on people and not because and we don't do it because we feel like the person deserves it or they do they don't deserve it has nothing to do with that it has everything to do with god calling we've said that jesus is our lord and savior right and as believers that is what he's asking of us is that we love people we treat them right right not walk around holding grudges making it difficult for people to come back yeah making it not even forgiven that's a problem. That's a heart problem. God can't work with that. Yeah. He can't do anything with it. So we got to get to a place where we allow God to cleanse us. Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need my brother and my sister for whatever. I can't be by myself thinking I can do it all by myself. And it's so it's so funny that you, you, you mentioned that or you say by myself because the enemy's job is to get us by ourselves. The Bible, the Bible, Jesus, or not Jesus, God himself made a statement saying, saying, it is not good for man to be alone. God made that statement. That wasn't man. That wasn't, that wasn't no Moses or or, or, or Aaron or David. God made that statement. And a lot of times we want to address that statement just to as a marriage standpoint, but that's not just a marriage standpoint. That's in everything in life. It is not good for you to go to uh, be alone. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that a twofold core mm-hmm. is not easily broken and that two are better than. Right. Does it say in some translations is not profitable? Yeah, it's not profitable. Right. Yeah. Right. In the message Bible, right. it's not profitable for you to go through life by yourself. So the enemy comes in and he says, my, my job now is to come between mother and daughter. To come between father and son to come between a sister and sister or brother and brother or brother and sister. I want to come between them and ununify them because when they're ununified, there's no power. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to deal with one and take one out than have to deal with two where one is praying for the other one when somebody, when that other one is going through. So Jesus says my prayer The prayer I'm actually praying before I leave here is that you all become one. 
Now, I told you that word one comes from a Greek word called heis. And heis is a improper term to use in, in, in Greek terminology or language. Why? Because with, when, when, Greek, when you're speaking Greek, there's a word literally for every single meaning that you have. And I have here the example love. I don't just go around and say, I love you right? Be, when I'm speaking in Greek, because the, the first question that somebody who is Hebrew or Greek is going to say, well, what type of love is that it that, that you're loving me with? Is it a phileo love? Is it a agape love? Is it an eros love? Is it a, 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 a lotus love? Is it a, a, a pergama love? What kind of love is it? So when Jesus says one, give me one second, when Jesus says, I'm calling you to be one or heist, he is literally saying, I'm calling you to be three or four things at one time. It was confusing to the Jewish people. Because do you want me to be one as an agreement? Do you want me to be one as in singular? Do you want me to be as a singular whole? Do you want me to be one as in this or one as in that? And Jesus says, no, I want you to be one that encompasses all of them. Amen. So as a whole, it would have been improper or it is improper that Jesus used this word one in the way he used it. He was supposed to specify, do I want you to be in agreement? Do I want you to be alike? Do I want you to be alone or do I want you to be in unity? He was supposed to specify which one. And he says, I want you to walk in all four of them. So let's look at them. <laughs> let's look at before we look at them. What, what did you want to say, Felisa? Mm -hmm. So I get what you're saying, but let me, let me bring some correction because my job as a pastor is to correct, okay? You can definitely love and be upset with somebody, but the Bible even gives you permission to be angry, but it also says you can't sin. So it says be angry, but sin not. So when you get into talking back to your mom or your grandma, now you stepped into sin because the Bible makes it very clear that you're supposed, as a child, 
you're supposed to listen and listen with your mouth closed. And I know that's hard because you're becoming of age where you're you're getting opinion. You're becoming opinionated. And you should have opinions. If you didn't at the age you're at, I would be worried. So you should have opinions. And I'm not saying you can't express those opinions, but you have to find the right way to express them. So for example, mom says, I want you to go wash the dishes and you don't feel like washing the dishes because you didn't mess up. This was a big one for me. I, I grew up in the house with uh, my brother and sister. They love to use every single dish in the house, right? Mm -hmm. And to this day, I'm, I'm the same way. Like she, she, she hates it that I can get one cup and I can use that one cup for the week and I'll rinse it out every day and I'll use that one cup and, and that one, she says it's nasty. She says it's extremely nasty, but <laughs> I'll rinse that cup out and then I, and we would we would actually in the beginning of our marriage we would actually get in arguments over this because she would clean my cup and put it in the dishwasher I'm like no I don't want to get another cup I got my cup for the week when Sunday come and it's a new start of a week I have a new start of a cup and that's just what it was and I I became that way I'm just being real I'm being transparent I became that way because my sister Jasmine and my brother Harry Jr they like to use every single dish in the house and then mom and dad would say Josh go clean the kitchen and I'd be like, what? I ain't even use nothing. Why I gotta clean the kitchen? I dirty nothing. Why I gotta clean it? And my my dad, they were from old school and be blessed that you have parents that are willing to listen. They didn't do everything right either, but my dad would just punch me in the mouth. And that wasn't right at that time, but that's how he taught me how to respect. Am I am I being a uh, someone who is who is perpetuating or a, a, being a proponent of that? Excuse me. Um, no, I'm not. You shouldn't be punching your children in the mouth. But that's just how my dad operated. Okay. But what I learned is is if I change my approach and ask a question to get understanding, it made them more patient. Amen. And where you're at right now, you're becoming very opinionated because you're growing. You're starting to have feelings. You're starting to feel like, why I got to do that, that I didn't make that mess. Why I got to do this. And what it does is if you don't control those feelings, it'll lead you into disrespect. And when mom and mom and grandma ask you to do something, you'll turn into disrespecting them and then you'll get a, re a hard response out of them. And it's because of the disrespect. So when you, for example, when you mm -hmm. say, when they come in and, and, and wake you up, you don't have a right to say, I'm sleeping, leave me alone. Just being real with you. I'm, 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 my job is to be honest with you. Right. Just be, you don't have a right to say that. But you do have a right to say, well, grandma or mom, is it okay that I finish sleeping or maybe do that in the morning when, when I wake up? Do you mind if that happens? You, do you see the difference? Do you mind? I'm, and I'm asking, do you mind? I'm very, I'm really tired. Do you mind if I, you know, sleep in instead of getting up right now? And they might say, they might say, okay, that's understandable. You're tired. Yeah, go ahead and sleep in. Just make sure you please do it in the morning. Or they might say, like my parents say, no, I need you to get up now and do it. Guess what you got to do? You got to get up now and do it. Now, let me give you the why. Let me give you the why. Because as you get older and you step into adulthood, you realize you're not going to be in control in every situation. This is the why. So now you get a job and your boss says, I need you to do this and you don't feel like doing it. You can't tell your boss, I ain't finna do that. You wanna know why you can't tell your boss why you ain't finna do that? 
Because now you got a place that you got to pay bills. You got an electric bill. You got a phone bill. You probably got a car payment. And all the, and mommy and grandmama are not going to pay your bills for you. They're not going to pay your bills. So now you have to say, even if that boss says, I don't want you, I, I, I said something, want you to do something that's not in your job description. Now you have to learn how to speak to your boss and say, well, boss, this is really not in my job description. Uh, this is really what Lauren is supposed to be doing. Can you ask her to do it? And if he says no, guess who has to do it? You. But you won't be able to handle that situation well if you don't handle these two well now. This is your learning ground for the world to come, for your life to come. So though you are opinionated, you have to learn how to turn your opinions into respectable questions that can be answered by your mom and your mom and your grandma. Okay. Can I help you out? Can I help you out? And every opinion that you have, every thought, when you feel like you want to say something, doesn't always have to be said. Some things you just pray about and you let God move because that's going to develop your relationship with God. You'll then begin to see that God hears your prayers. He'll confirm it for you. Yeah. So don't feel like every thought that you have because you're very intelligent. Yeah. You're a thinker. You're a thinker and you feel. So those things you got to be careful with. You got to be extremely careful with it and, and know the timing. I know, and, and you're young, so you're not going to always get it right. But keep use this as your learning ground so you can make small mistakes and, ha and have them corrected. And don't get upset when they do correct because it's only to make you better and to help you. So that when you are an adult and you're in corporate America, and you and you're or you have your own business, you know how to treat people, right? Yeah. Amen. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds strange, but it's it's gonna set you up for success. Amen. Yes, it will. And I'm not talking about any kind of success. I'm talking about great success. Yes. Right now, I can yes. say this: the reason why our color people are held down is because we never learned how to express ourselves respectfully. Mm-hmm. Now there's some other stuff in in addition to that from the other side, <laughs> right. but because we don't express ourselves respectfully, we don't get respected, right? And we Amen. get held back, and and uh, I don't want that for you, yep. and your mom and your grandma definitely don't want that for you. Amen. What you have to trust is they love you, and whatever they come to tell you is what they believe is best until you get into a position where you're able to hear God for yourself. When you're able to hear God for yourself, then you can go and start making decisions on your own. But nine times out of 10, that's gonna be when you move out. Now, I'm not saying you can't hear God now, you can hear him, but he, you're hearing him from the standpoint from the protection of mom and grandma. See what I'm saying? You Do you understand? I'll take the time for you. Cause you look like you're thinking about something. Tell me. I'm so confused right now how that you and Ms. Vonda knew exactly what was going on at different time points. And not just even for me, even my mother and my grandmother, cause I'm just, I'm shocked. Well, number one is God, God is a revealer. The Bible, the Bible describes him like that. 
So certain things that I see is not because I know it. It's because God knows it. And because I'm in touch with him and we speak, he's, and I'm open, he will reveal something to me or show me something so that I can help somebody else Amen. or break something off of somebody else. Amen. It's not that I'm standing up here and I know all. Let me be the first to tell you, I don't know nothing, okay? That I'll be for, I'm not taking any credit for what God is supposed to be glorified at. All I am being right now is a vessel for him to use. I got that question last week while we were up in Philadelphia. How do you see the way you see with such pinpoint accuracy to the point one girl told me you were in my shower you were in my shower in my prayers that I was praying that I was praying to God and God showed you my exact prayers and gave you that you said my exact prayer and then God gave you the answer through it. And as I told her, it's nothing of me. It's because all I'm doing is putting myself saying, God, I'll be available. If you need to use anybody, I'm available that you can use me. The Bible says this, he is searching the earth, going to and fro, looking for somebody to use, looking for a willing vessel that'll be open so that he can get the answers that people are praying to them. So it's nothing special about me. It's nothing special about, about, about what Minister Vaughn or Pastor Vaughn is doing, is that number one, we trust God. And number two, number two, look at me. Number two, We've been your age before. Okay. It may not look like it. How old are you? You're 12. I was 12 one time. She was 12 one time. Daddy, were you 12 one time? He was 12 one time. So it's certain things that you're going through now that mom has already been through, grandma has already been through, I've already been through. Pastor Phyllis has already been through. Pastor Vonda has already been through. Lauren just came out of it because she just turned 13. <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> Lauren has been through. And we just know that how we thought when we were that age. Go ahead. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Amen. I can speak to that too. My parents didn't let me be 12. I always had to be. My mom is known. And even when she comes here, because she's going to come at some point, she'll let you know, I told Joshua, never act his age. Always act older. I I didn't have that that playful, you know, toys and all that stuff and Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. My parents thought all that. I didn't even get a chance to watch cartoons. My mom told me that was all the devil. So I never got. So when I met Vonda and I saw how she treated Lauren and Marcel, I was blown away. I was like, you, you setting them up for failure. And they're like, no, I'm letting them be kids. <laughs> I'm being real. I'm letting them be kids. And I didn't know what it was to be a kid. All I knew was like, you need to do this and do that and do, and we're going to get into home improvement. We really are. There's a whole series we got on blended families, single mothers, single fathers, married couples. We're going to get into that. And even from a children's standpoint about parents not provoking their children to anger because it goes both ways. Okay. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's 12, 11. Praise God. So I, it's okay. I tell you, I will stop because I understand as of 
last week that this is a training ground of what God has told me. So yes, there'll be some messages, praise God. We're going to pre talk about this stuff, but it's also for a time for us to stop because this is the foundation. And if the foundation ain't right, how can the church really stand? So praise God. So really quickly, let me give you the first one and then we'll, we'll wrap up and come back next week and, and get the rest of these. Praise God. So the first meaning of heist or one and heist is spelled H E I S is agreement. Agreement. So Jesus is praying that we be heist or that we be in agreement. Now, the meaning of agreement is to be in concord or perfect harmony. And I love that. Conformity. And the reason why I love that, excuse me, that the Bible, uh, that the, the Bible defines, excuse me, that Webster's 1828 defines uh, agreement as perfect harmony because harmony is already good. Like, if you understand anything about music, you know there's a three-part harmony, right? You have your tenors, you have your altos, and you have your sopranos. That is a good harmony. And most music stops right there and say, you don't need no more. But a perfect harmony is when you have all seven parts of that harmony available. You have your bass, you have your baritone, your tenor, your alto one, alto two, soprano one, soprano two. And when you hear, it's a different sound when you hear all seven parts together compared to three parts. Even though three parts is good, it's a good harmony. But when I hear all seven parts together, it just takes the sound to a whole nother level because now I got my tritone harmonies in there and I got my minor harmonies in there. I got my major harmonies in there and it takes the song to a whole nother level. And the Bible says when I'm talking about agreement, I want us to be in perfect harmony with each other. And then I love the fact that it says, not only perfect harmony, but then it goes on and says conformity. In order for us to be in perfect harmony, both parties have to conform. Mm -hmm. Come on. Right. <laughs> I, it's tough, but it's right. And it's so good to me. And I'm, I'm stopping there because a lot of times we don't like to conform. Conform what? Our wills. So not only is God saying we got to conform our will to his will, but we also need to learn how to conform to each other. Who can I add? Yeah, go ahead. And that doesn't mean negating the fact that we're wired differently. It's not you're just trying to find somebody that agrees with you because that's just your opinion. We're supposed to agree on what God says is right, right? So if he thinks one way and I think a certain way, there's power in that. Agreement is when I come from my side and I start thinking about, oh, okay, well, he sees it this way. Okay, that's agreement. When you get two sides that have two different opinions and they come together, that is when agreement is formed. Absolutely is when agreement is formed. I'm conforming my way. Go ahead. Exactly. And get it right. Exactly. It's conforming. But when you get so caught up and so stuck up on how you want things, right. you might be in harmony with each other, but it's not perfect harmony. Amen. Amen. 
Come on. I, 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 I give you an example for, for those who don't understand music. Let me give you harmony or good harmony. Every church you go to typically starts off with worship. That's harmony. We are in agreement in that area. We should start off in harmony. But then when you get to the teaching, it's so much teaching out there. <laughs> you, what do I understand? What do I believe? What do I listen to? I was just listening this this morning. I was walking past uh, another church that's here, and I heard the pastor saying that 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 the the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof, and it, the devil has no control on this earth. And I was like, man, I want to go in and say something. Because the Bible also calls the devil the Lord of this world. So he has power here. And what us as believers have forgotten or do not recognize, and I brought this out in Philadelphia last week, is that God is not doing anything else on this earth. He's done all that he's going to do. And when you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 26, which we all love to read, God puts himself in a very powerless situation. Why? He says, and we're going to get into this a little bit later on, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. Then he said, let us give them dominion over all the earth, the fish of the sea, and the creeping things on the land. So watch this. God says, I'm taking the dominion and the authority that I have over this place, and I'm giving it to man. My God. Giving it to man. So for, for me to say, that God has dominion over this place, he does it. He gave it to you. Now, the Bible says in Psalms that God's word is even higher than his name. It says in Revelations that not one word will pass away. Heaven and earth will fail and be destroyed before one word that he says has passed away. Well, if he said you have dominion, guess who is ruling the earth? You are. <laughs> we are. A lot of people ask the question, when God saw Adam and Eve getting ready to sin in the garden, why didn't he step in? Why didn't he stop them? Genesis chapter 3, verse 26. That's why he didn't stop them. He gave man dominion. So watch this. Man's fall was, was contingent upon God being faithful to his word. His word, I know this is a little deep, and I didn't want to get this deep yet, but I'm, God, I'm, I'm following Holy Spirit. God's word was, I'm giving dominion and power over to man. He made himself powerless in the earth and gave us the power of the earth. So he could not step in when Adam and Eve were sinning because then that would have made him go against his word. 
And God says his word is higher than his name. And that heaven and earth will fail before one word passes away. And his word was, I'm giving man dominion, which means the power to rule and reign over the earth. God says, I will rule and reign over heaven and man will rule and reign over earth. So when I start praying, hallelujah, <laughs> give me a second. When I start praying, God, can you please do this? And then he does not do it. It is because I have not given him the access to come and do it. I'll give you an example. Jesus said in Matthew, pray to the father that he would send laborers into his harvest. Why am I praying to God if he already owns the harvest? Is it because he has given me dominion over the earth and he cannot supersede his word and he can't be let into the earth until we invite him in? Amen. Say, so what does this have to do with the United Front? Everything. The reason why we have broken up is because we don't understand our dominion. Right. And we're asking God to do something, to do things that he is legally not able to do. I didn't say he wasn't powerful enough to do it. He can definitely do it, but he wrote himself out legally and gave it to you. And God is a God of legal authority. He is not going to override his word. He said no word from him will ever return void. He meant that. So when he said it, he said his word is even above his own name. So this is what it is. If I've given you dominion, I need you to start talking with the dominion you say. That's why God told me to tell you, Mona, that you got to start praying. Why? Because the dominion on the inside of you has to come out. God is saying, and until you pray and invite me into this situation, legally, I cannot intervene for you. But when you say, dear Lord God in heaven, I invite you in today to, to, to do what you need to do and move in my situation. Now, legally, he has gotten the authority from the person who has dominion to come in and do what he needs to do. Amen. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. It's a legal thing. So I told you guys in the last message, you got to understand kingdom. It's a citizenship. You have authority in this kingdom. But if you don't understand the legislation, if you don't understand the constitution, you'll walk around saying that, that the devil has no control in this world and you'll find yourself beat up and you'll be like, God, I'm praying, but why isn't my prayers working? Why aren't you coming through for me? Because legally he can't until you let him in as the person who is ruling and reigning and has the over this household. Amen. It changes your prayer now. That's why faith is so important. Come on. Changes your prayer. Now I understand where I am praying from. I'm not praying from a defeated area or, 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 or kingdom or side in my life. I'm praying from what Romans 5, 17 tells me that I'm all to reign as a king yes. in this life. Amen. That's what Romans 5, 17 tells me. So now I'm praying from a king's Come perspective yes. or a queen's perspective. Yes. And I've never known a queen or a king to pray like, God, can you please? No, he puts a decree or he puts an order out there uh, telling the people how it is going to be. And what he is doing now is giving them the access to come in and do what they need to do. So in your situation, 
You have to give God the access to do what he needs to do. But it's conformity. When I come in agreement, perfect harmony, it takes conformity. And we are such in our, in our way. We are in our own way. We have harmony. Every church service starts off with praise and worship. That's harmony. But we don't have perfect harmony because we are unwilling to conform to each other and say, let's see what Holy Spirit has to say about this. Here's the problem. God, as the dignitary here on earth, we invite you into this problem to give us the proper answer or solution so that we can move forward. Instead, we get offended. We start walking in unforgiveness. And we break the friendship that God put together. Mm. We're going to talk about it when we get mm. to Paul and Barnabas and Paul and Silas, the difference. Praise God. We break the friendship that God put together. And because we break apart what God put together, we experience things that we were never supposed to experience. Yes, come on. For example, Paul and Barnabas compared to Paul and Silas. You never at one point, and I'm gonna get we're gonna get into this and I'm stopping right now. At not one point in the Bible do you see when Paul and Barnabas, who God said separate unto me, when they were out on their mission trip, you didn't see Paul and Barnabas getting whooped, you didn't see them going to jail, you didn't see them getting stoned. But as soon as that contention came and they broke apart what God put together, not that it was anything wrong with Silas, but you broke apart where the anointing was at. Praise God. The anointing for protection. And now Paul and Silas are doing the same thing that Paul and Barnabas was doing, but Paul and Silas wasn't separated by God. Hmm. And now you start seeing shipwrecks. You start seeing them get, they're getting whipped. They're getting thrown in jail. They're getting stoned. Why? Because they got from underneath the protection. And the same thing is happening in the church today. Because pastors are refusing, because members and people or congregants are refusing to say, as the dignitary in this land, God, we invite you in to show us how to handle this situation. Now we have churches fighting churches. We got children fighting children, mothers fighting daughters, sons fighting fathers, and it's just a mess. And God said, when you have that kind of standpoint and that kind of attitude, the world will never believe I sent Jesus. Right. Come on. Oh my God. Mm. Jesus' prayer was, if you guys can do anything for me, if you want to repay me in any way for dying on the cross for you, if you want to repay me in any way, be one with each other. Yes. Be in agreement with each other. Mothers and daughters come into agreement. Sons and fathers come into agreement. Church and church come into agreement. Pastor and pastor come into agreement. Husband and wife come into agreement. Friends come into agreement. Because when you come into agreement, the world has no choice but to believe that Jesus is the son of God and that God sent him just for them. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to pick up on this next week. Praise God. Uh, we got so much to cover. Amen. It's going to be so good. I encourage you guys to, to bring somebody or invite somebody. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Uh, if you can, praise God. Uh, I'm going to be doing some things 
uh, advertisement wise to get this church on the map because God has already been speaking to me about that. Amen. Because the foundation has to get a little bit bigger in Jesus name. And uh, it's going to be good for those online. Don't miss next week. Praise God. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time in the word of God. And I know you will be blessed for it. Uh, if you have uh, if you have a, a desire to be baptized, praise God. We ask that you, you know, either write a note or on our app. You can download our app. Praise God. Uh, Launch Church app. And there's a, a area there for baptism. Praise God, we are gonna. We do have one person that wants to be baptized. Uh, I want to do a quick class with you. We'll do it via Zoom, just that we understand. So we're understanding what baptism is. It's not that you're getting saved through baptism. It's just an identification to what Christ did. So if you have a desire to be baptized, uh, please either let us know uh, by writing something in the in the uh, and putting it in the offering bucket, or go directly to our app right there at Launch Church, and there's a, a, a under, I think, more, it says, I want to be baptized, and sign up right there. It'll send us an email, and we'll get the date set up and the class set up. It'll be one class, maybe about 30, 45 minutes at the top. Won't take up too much of your time, and then we'll go ahead and get the baptism started. Amen? Hallelujah. If you're giving today, praise God. We'd love for you to give. We appreciate every gift. For those online, you can text the word LAUNCH, L-A-U-N-C-H, to one 364 give that's one 364 give um and we'll be more than happy uh thankful or grateful for you to give praise god don't forget to take your invitation cards sorry one 364 give one 364 give uh, under on the app is under resources. You go to resources and it'll say water baptism right there. And you can um, sign up right there. Don't forget to take the little cards, praise God, hand them out as you go, um, invite people. Uh, we are very, um, let me not say, well, I'm going to say it by faith. We are very close to a building, praise God. Amen. There's a, a couple buildings uh, that churches are in right now that are coming available um, in July. And I, we are the first on the list, praise God. One is off of Southside Boulevard, uh, One Nation Church. I think you guys might have seen it's right there by Copeland's. Um, not too crazy about that building, but it's a building, praise God. <laughs> and then there's another one a little bit further up Southside, closer to, to um, uh, Phillips Highway. That's uh, I forget the name of the church that's in there, but they're in there and they're coming out as well. It's already set up like a church, so that would save us a whole bunch of money, praise God. So um let's just be in prayer these next coming weeks the church both of them come available in july um uh and i'm already scheduled to walk in both of them so as soon as they come available i'll be walking in both of them me and the realtor uh what's his name what's his name john i think it's john brad that's what it is thank you holy spirit brad um i don't know where i get john from brad <laughs> brad uh, uh, uh he's a funny character praise god but uh, we're believing for favor. So if you guys, when you're praying, keep Brad in your, your prayers, amen. Um, lift him up before God that his heart would soften um, because he's very hard on churches. Even when I've talked to him over the phone, you know, he's he's been very aggressive even with me. Amen. And I'm like, you know, to the point I tell him, man, you need to Google who I who you're talking to. And for me to say something like that, because I, I so don't roll like that. But when he Googled me, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. They turned in from Joshua to Mr. Warren. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, Mr. Warren. Uh, <laughs> put some respect on my name. Exactly. 
Do we know who you talking to, man? <laughs> so, uh, amen. Praise God. Um, be in prayer. Yes, Father's Day is June 18th. Uh, we will, if you, if you, you know, you want to bring all the males out, we will have something here special for the fathers that day. And then also, where did my phone go? Amen. I want to show you guys this. Um, personally show you guys this. As I told you all before, we have teamed up with Hope Fitness. And um, if you can, if you feel like sewing, praise God, we encourage you to sew. I got to find it. Let's do it this way. It'd be a lot easier than me having to type. We have teamed up with Hope Fitness. Also, Commander Willie uh, Brown over at New Covenant Ministries. He is there. He is now a part of it. You see him on there, New Covenant Ministries. I don't know if you ever heard of New Covenant Ministries. Um, they are teaming up with us, praise God, Commander Willie Brown or Pastor Willie Brown. And as you can see, we are bringing a gym here, uh, Hope Fitness. Again, it's 100% profit. Their people are sewing. We are sewing, praise God. If you We, we are raising $20,000 to do it. Um, and this is going to be a blessing. And I, I was over there at their church on Wednesday, had opportunity to talk to them. And just to let them know that it, it and sewing into this is going to make things a whole lot easier because now the world, like the Bible says, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. The world is now paying the expenses of the church. And they, they, some of them didn't understand it at first, but when I began to break it down to them to let them know that it takes the, the strain off of the church and when it wants to do something, when we are able to have such a lucrative business bringing in such an income uh, to the church. And just to give you the breakdown, it is 10, 40, 40, and 10% goes to paying bills and the lease. The other 40% goes to Hope Fitness so they can fight injustice and feed children around the world, clothe and build schools. And then the other 40% goes to the churches between us and New Covenant. And we would split that in half and be able to do and move forward in ministry. Now, just to give you an idea, their gym that they have in Chicago, that's in a town that's about 15,000 people in that town, that gym brings in about $80,000 a month. So imagine when you split that, give 10% of 80,000, that's 8,000 goes to bills. And then you take 40% of that, of that 80,000 now, which is 70. So you split 70 and half, it's like 35,000. 35 goes to them, and then 35 comes to launch church in New Covenant, which we split 35 and half is like, what, what, $16,000, $17,000 a month. We are able now to have a nice facility. We're able to help people with bills if they need help. You know, that's my goal for this ministry. If you guys were here on the, when we did the launch church uh, interest meeting, I told you my goal is not to be a church that, that takes from, takes from, is to be a church that gives. So if people need help, I want to be that church that says, you know what? They didn't put me through a thousand and one questions that needed help to get into an apartment or get into a house. And they were able to give us to $5,000 or they were able to pay our bills. They helped us for that season. That's what my desire is as a pastor to be. So this is one way of doing it by letting the wealth of the wicked pay for what we're doing here righteous. And the Bible tells us that this is what the children of the of the world have over the children of light. They know how to do things like this and get the world to finance their foolishness. Well, why can't we get the world to finance the gospel? If God promised it, and I just said no word from him 
comes back void. He said it. I didn't tell him to say that. He said that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And this is what he meant. We just walk around thinking it's going to show up. No, <laughs> this is how he meant it. Well, we take something that's that's secular and use that to benefit the ministry and help the ministry grow. So if you do have a desire to give to that, just go to hopefitnessmovement.com slash Jacksonville. And we're going to raise that money up and, uh, and get this gym open. And it's going to be a blessing to us. In Jesus' name. Let's pray for those who are giving. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for those that are giving both online, praise God, and here in the building. We pray the Luke 638 blessing upon them that Lord, as they give you, as they give, you will give unto them, pressed down, shaken, and shaken together and running over. Will you have man give until their bosom, Lord God? 30, 60, 100 fold shall be their return. And as you declare me or called me or told me to say in Deuteronomy chapter 28, that when they give as the high priest, I'm supposed to say that they will be blessed going out, blessed coming in, blessed in their check-ins, blessed in their savings. They are the head and not the tail above only and not belief. They will be the lender and never the borrower in Jesus name we rebuke the devourer from around their finances and around from their, their where they make their money at Lord God and we declare a blessing to overtake them to run them down and overtake them right now in Jesus name and father we also thank you Lord for this word as we embark upon the united front father God I thank you that our ears and our spirit man are open to hear what you have to say in Jesus name we thank you for this week that's coming up we bless it Lord God we declare declare safety in this week. I declare laughter like never before in this week. Hallelujah. So much joy in this week and peace in this week right now in Jesus name. We love you, Father. We honor you and we look forward to what you're going to do for us in this week. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen and amen. We love you so much. and You are dismissed. Love you too online. Bless y'all. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.